All the games I used to play in my younger wilder days. The game of clubs and Welcome into the Turn Fancy Golf Podcast. As always, I'm Andrew Putters with my partner in crime from rotoballer.com, Joe Nicely. Joe, uh, lead golf editor, uh, like I said, at rotoballer.com. Before we get started, Joe, before we talk about anything, let's just, just go ahead and plug Rotoballer for us. Talk about all the interesting stuff you got going on up there. Yeah, man. Uh, huge supporters of the show. We really appreciate everything rotoballer.com does for us. Definitely want to encourage everybody to go over there and check everything out. We got the uh, recently named FSWA Golf Rider of the Year, Spencer Aguiar, over there. Uh, we just brought on the model maniac, Byron. He's the man. He's writing an amazing betting article, so we want you to check that out. My man, Rob G, is doing a pivots article. Josh Bennett's doing a course breakdown. I mean, just an unbelievable lineup. Uh, we keep adding to it. The premium package is crazy cheap. Uh, you can go over to rotoballer.com right now, sign up using promo code NICE, N-I-C-E, and save 10% off PGA Premium. Definitely recommend that you do that this week. There you go, rotoballer.com, best place in the world for your daily fantasy needs. Um, if you're new to the show, my name's Andrew Putters. Joe Nicely, like I said, from uh, rotoballer.com. Uh, we grew up together. Um um, just like to talk sports and this is something we started about three years coming out of the pandemic. It's something we started, uh, just to, uh, really, uh, you know, we got on the phone every Monday and we talked about DFS. We talked about the golf tournament. We talked about the bad beats and the, and the, the putts and the can't believe that guy chunked in the water. So we decided one day just start uh, putting it on camera. Uh, we've been doing it ever since the first tournament back from the pandemic. And, uh, yeah, this is only our Second live stream ever. But, uh, yeah, so you can find us on Twitter, Andrew Putters, and uh, he's Joe Nicely. Uh, you can find us on YouTube uh, at the Turn the turn Golf Pod, Fancy Golf Pod. Um, yeah, that's how you get a hold of us. So, uh, and what we do is we just kind of we talk about golf. That's all it is. We talk about um, last week's, this week's, what's coming up. We go down through the full DFS slate. And for us, this is coming out Monday Monday evening, maybe three or four hours after the pricing comes out on, on DraftKings. So we're just kind of – this is kind of a first-look show. When you say, Joe, first look? Yeah, for sure. Um, the players, this this week, the pricing's been up a little bit longer. But, yeah, normally uh, when we do this on Monday evenings, kind of kind of a first look at the, the DFS slate of the week. Yeah, so uh, so let's just recap last week. Um, all Palmer Invitational. Uh, I'm I'm not gonna say it disappointed, uh, but I will say this: for guys that really really like to sweat golf down, but I love everybody struggling, just like you know I know you do. But uh, for for the golfer that you know we we you know we kind of st- I mean I hate to say this but we kind of study it. We know what the golf course is like. We know what we feel like. We know what the conditions are gonna be like. And I talked to Spencer at length about this uh saturday night i think and uh we were talking about how uh the con- the conditions that were started the tournament were not the conditions that ended the tournament how's that so therefore maybe your strategy would have been different if we'd have known what those conditions would have been like course conditions and weather conditions joe uh you know roy McIlroy goes out shoots seven under the first round uh i, I you know I, I put out the bold statement on our uh on our uh expert roundtable article that we put out every week uh, they can find it at rotoballer.com. Um, and I, I said my bold statement of the week was I thought Roy was going to go coast to coast and win this tournament, lead every round. And I still even felt that even really going into Sunday that he had a very good chance of winning. But, man, uh, Roy's a front runner, Joe. That's all I say. He, he's, he's the Peyton Manning of uh, golf, you know, uh, really good front runner. You know, when the offense is clicking, he's right there. 
uh, when it starts slowing down, we got problems. Uh, so what do you think about the tournament last week, Joe? I mean, Scotty Sheffield wins a great, has a great <clears throat> victory. Hart goes out to Gary Woodland on 17, a little bad luck, a little bad playing. About three or four guys, man, right there. And even in the last couple of holes could have won it. Yeah. Yeah. Really, uh, interesting tournament. Uh, not something that we see every week on the PGA tour, uh, as far as the conditions and difficulty, but you know what, man, that's a good thing. Um, there's a lot of the same, uh, on the PGA tour right now throughout the schedule. Uh, we see these guys go out, shoot 20, 25, even nowadays 30 under, and it can get boring. Um, so I, to me, it's interesting to see a different type of golf. It might not be everyone's favorite, uh, to watch on TV, <clears throat> but to me, it's uh, it's very interesting. Uh, I love Scotty Scheffler last week. He was my my heart on this show, uh, my heart call of the week. He was in my core four, my one and done selection. So I was pretty much all in on Scotty Scheffler across the board. Kind of didn't didn't understand why more people weren't on on Scotty Scheffler um, because of how well he's played and how well he's played on tough long golf courses like Bay Hill. Um, but obviously, no, I can understand that that Roy McIlroy was very popular. Um, the course history was there. We'd seen some form from him. Um, so, so Roy was a tremendous play, but, uh, as you mentioned, terrible weekend, man, 76, 76 over the weekend. I'm not sure what happened there with Rory, but, uh, you know, definitely kind of fell by the wayside. Our boy Vic Coblin, who we love was right there fighting until the end. Uh, Billy Horschel continuing a strong run of golf. Um, so just a really interesting golf tournament, not something that we see every week. Uh, might not be everyone's cup of tea, but, you know, I really, really like it when these courses challenge these guys. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I like it. I personally like it. Actually, I like really, – I can fall in love with any kind of facet of if they're going to shoot 25 under or four under or even par. What I um, – it mainly is the golf course that sells it for me, not necessarily what they shoot. Uh, this is a very good golf course. Um, it's kind of weird to me, though, that we see them light up Riviera and just struggle here. Uh, uh, very, I wouldn't say similar conditions, but you know, well, I mean, you know, par is relative, man. Par is a relative thing. And, and I, I try not to get too hung up on where the scores are in relation to par. Um, but rather if it's a good course setup and if the course is a good golf course, um, some people are kind of giving, you know, the Arnold Palmer a little bit of a tough time about how they set it, set it up last week. <clears throat> that is a little bit gimmicky, you know, with just all the rough everywhere. And I, I get that argument. I understand it. But at the same time, um, you know, these tournaments aren't ever, ever going to be perfect. Um, and you can't bitch when it's 30 under and then bitch when it's five under, you know. Um, and, and the way the course was set up this week was closer to my preference, closer to what I like to see personally. Um, I understand that that's not for everybody. But, you know, I, I try not to get hung up on on where it is in relation to par, um, but rather focus on whether it's a quality golf course and a good test, uh, which I feel like last week was. Yeah, I think uh, the only thing I was – what I was talking about or first for my first response to this tournament was that I didn't realize that around the green was going to be that important on the last two days. Uh, very, It ended up being very – I mean, these guys were in the middle of the fairway with nine irons and couldn't hit a green. Greens were firm. You know, yeah. so I think that's probably where some of the complaints are coming in. Uh, you know, you've, you've played uh, higher levels of golf and better golf courses than I have, so maybe you can speak to it a little bit better. But I think you know some things that Rory was saying was saying, and some of the other guys were that 
good golf shots weren't getting rewarded, um, you know, as they should, that, you know, everything was going off the green. Um, and then they grew the rough out around the greens, which kind of made, made that a crap shoot. It was catching everything. Um, so kind of everybody had the same shot, uh, no matter their, the quality of their approach. So, I mean, maybe you can speak that a little bit, Andrew. I think that's why some of the guys were, were complaining about last week. Are you saying complaints coming from a player standpoint or more of the viewer standpoint? Oh, Rory had some, had some major things to say. Um, I don't know if you got to see his, his comments, but he was, he was pretty frustrated and, and, you know, to kind of paraphrase what he was saying was that if, if they keep setting the golf course up like that, guys aren't going to come uh, to that tournament because it's so hard. They're not, they're not going to go out and, and, uh, put themselves through that the week before the players, which is, you know, what we're about to talk about and one of the highest purses on the schedule, I think maybe the highest purse, $20 million. Um, so, you know, Rory kind of laid down the gauntlet, uh, you know, to anybody listening from the, from the Arnold Palmer tournament that, you know, the things need to be changed a little bit. Yeah. I, I, I will say this, you get a shot that lands in the middle of the green and it goes over the green and you're in four inches of rough and you hit a real, a decent to a good chip shot and it's got eight foot and it's not got a name us open the masters or, uh, open championship. There's going to be complaints. Uh, and, and there's even complaints in those Joe. So, uh, I do understand that. Um, it, it was very, fr- I mean, I'm, I was sweating down the shank, Adam shank. Uh, I don't remember who he's matched up again. Oh, uh, boy from UTC, Steven Yeager on uh, Saturday and, you know, and, and shank was like four shots behind him, you know, at the turn and he's like just parring and parring and parring and Yeager's, you know, the wheels are starting to come off because, I mean, it's playing diff- very difficult. And then, and then you know, I'm like, okay, Shank, let's just hit it in the fairway. Let's hit it on the green. And then, you know, like I said, 162, and then you hit it 40 foot over the green or something, you know. It was just a I, – I, I've played in tournaments where it's been like that before, and uh, it is frustrating. But, you know, it's it, if everybody's got to play it, it's fair. And if it's not – as long as it's consistent, that's the main thing. It needs to be consistent every hole and every shot. If it's not, then I can see how that complaint's there. But – Anyway, let's not harp on the course conditions. Uh, it was a great tournament. Scotty Sheffer getting a second win in just a few weeks. Uh, guy is literally taking uh, – he's finally stepping – or I wouldn't say finally. He's stepping into that role of being an elite player, top ten player in the world. And uh, many more good things are going to come in the future. We just felt like you have said on the show several times that he just need to take the cap off, and he's done that now. So, and um, – but, uh, yeah, great, great finish in three holes, easy par – Easy par five, uh, you know, par three, and then that very, very uh, tight. And uh, uh, you have to have a great approach shot in on 18 to even have a 20-foot putt. So, uh, I thought I thought the last – I thought it was fair and difficult and it is what it is. I mean, I probably couldn't break 85 on it. So, uh, who cares, right? Um, let's talk about the players, Joe. That's why everybody's here. That's why we're here. Let's talk about the players' championship. Um, anybody let's get a little background on the tournament players championship was established in 1974. It is played at the TBC Sawgrass. It wasn't always played there though, guys. It was started out, um, uh, started out in Atlanta, Atlanta country club, moved to colonial in 75, 76 was played, uh, somewhere else in Florida. Then it got moved to Sawgrass country club in 77. And while it was there, it was pretty difficult golf course really. And then, uh, 1982 moved to the TBC Sawgrass played there every year since. And, um, 
it's it's we've had great finishes here. It's a very entertaining course. Um, as far as the course goes, seventy two fifty six par seventy two standard four par fives four par threes. Um, we got some Bermuda and overseed. I, I'm not really sure what the overseed looks like this type of year because this is only what third time, third year, second year they. It's the third year that they moved it back up in the early in the schedule, I think, now. So I'm not really sure what that looks like now compared to what it used to look in May. Because May, you know, let's be honest, I, part of the reason they moved it – one of the reasons they moved it out of, uh, from May back up in the early in the schedule before the Masters was – it was really not a competitive tournament. It, it, the, the golf course is a lot easier once you get in, a, in the early summer. Um, uh, golf course was designed by Pete Dye in 1980. Uh, since then, <laughs> Pete Dye and uh, Steve Winslow went – Winslow in 2016 renovated it. Um, of course, it's, we all know about the finishing holes, the gettable par 5 16th, uh, the island green at the 17th, which is always a great show with the Sunday pin on the right. And then the very, very difficult tee shot on 18 to finish. Um, great golf course, uh, Joe. It is made for TV. That's why they designed it. Uh, Joe, what do you think about it? Yeah, man. Uh, kind of, kind of the first golf course of its kind, the first true, you know, stadium top golf course, which is, you know, obviously become a, a very popular thing now. Um, but, but this, this was the first one, this one kind of broke the mold, uh, very interesting, you know, story behind the design. Pete Dye didn't want any type of style to have an advantage on this golf course. So he kind of, uh, did everything he could to, uh, you know, make it tough. And so it didn't, you know, play to one style and and i think he's pretty successful uh, in that venture as we've seen uh, a ton of different types of golfers win this event over the years a uh, very diverse uh, list of former champions so it's a it's a highly volatile event ap um that, that's what i kind of try to remind myself every year uh, very exciting uh, huge tournaments, DFS tournaments on DraftKings. Uh, FanDuel stepped their game up this week, I noticed, with some better contests. Um, amazing field, which we're going to get into. You can make pretty much any type of roster you want. Um, but with all that said, uh, there's a lot of variance uh, in, in this event because of this golf course. I mean, even guys that play well, that have good course history, you're going to see a couple missed cuts. Uh, on their players' game log because, you know, th this course is just so unpredictable. Um, it can jump up and bite guys. Um, as you mentioned, there's there's several tricky holes on this golf course. Obviously, the, the island green is the famous one, but, um, you know, I'm looking forward to it. it. It's always fun to watch on TV, as you said. Um, guys can go out and make birdie. Um, so really looking forward to the players this week, man. Me too, Joe. Uh, uh, you know, hate to mention this, but got to say it out loud. Uh, this is the tournament where the pandemic uh, hit us. Uh, you know, what was it? Hideki shot nobody owned him that week, and he shot like nine under. And you, you're the only guy had him in every lineup, Joe. Is that right? <laughs> I had a, I had a lot of Hideki that week, man. That's all I'm gonna say. Uh, I'll tell you another thing, guys. Uh, I'm gonna give a shout out to my man Spencer here. Uh, you know, he he calls out Jason Day for every tournament that he plays in, which is, you know, comical at this point. But uh, this tournament has a rich history of uh, feel-good stories coming down the stretch. You know, Justin Thomas last year. I uh, can't remember. There's a, There's been a couple other, you know, uh, you know, like uh, deaths back in the day. I think in, somebody else has had a, had a death in the family and then, then one, you know, come back and one on Sunday and 
uh, it, you got a history of feel good here here on Sunday at, at the players, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, let, let's you know, I think we a lot of us can kind of give the players a hard time, like, like with the all caps and all that, and and you know, obviously the PGA Tour is pretty self important about this tournament, um, and, and that can kind of get old, and it's easy to poke fun of, but. At the end of the day, man, let's let's remember this. This is a huge tournament uh, that means a lot to these guys. Everybody in the field wants to win this thing. There's obviously tons of money at stake, tons of prestige and history at stake. And you know, we've got the four majors, and, and this one isn't quite there, but it's it's certainly you know next on the list up there with you know tournament we seen last week, the Arnold Palmer, the Memorial, uh, the Genesis. I mean, there's you know half dozen to 10 events that really, really, truly matter to these guys every year. And and this is definitely one of them. So a big event. Yeah. And let's not to mention the $3.6 million to the winner this year, Joe, Uh, $20, $20 million purse, 3.6 to the winner. Uh, It's very important to the one and dones guys. Very important. If you got one and done legs, you need to, you need to get this one right. Uh, Wow. So. uh, Anyway. So, Joe, uh, you want to get in the slate, bud? Yeah, man. Let's dive well, we, in. There's we got we got a lot to lot to dig into with this one, man. So many good players. Yeah, let's let's dig into it. I, I meant one more thing. I was gonna say this course is historically uh, very very good. Iron players do well here. Um, around the green basically has zero value at this track. If you don't hit the green, you're in the bunker. You're in uh, you're in the water. So. You know, there's not chipping is really not is a, is a non-factor this week. So remember that whenever you're building your uh, your lineup. So uh, let's just say 10k and above. Vic Hovland, JT, Morikawa, Rory, Rom. Hmm. I, I'm gonna let you take the uh, take the lead on this, Joe, and I'll and I'll give you my my rebuttal. Oh, you like all these guys, man. There's not a not a bad one in the bunch, and we're gonna say that in a lot of ranges this week as we work our way down the salary scale. Um, John Rom's the only player above 11K. It's tough to argue with. Number one player in the world, and uh, man, the guy just has been so consistent this year. Uh, had a T17 last week at at uh, the API, Andrew, and I don't think I've seen the guy hit a shot all weekend. So I mean that that on that T17, uh, a top 20 almost feels like his floor. Uh, at, at this point with the way he's playing uh, he actually struck the ball really really well last week just had a had a terrible uh week on the greens at bay hill so uh the ball striking is is very very good he's improved every single start uh, of his career in this golf tournament and, and that culminated with a t9 last year um so he's slowly but surely kind of getting the hang of this this sawgrass layout i wouldn't say that it necessarily suits his strengths um, but but he is an elite option um, and definitely one of the better players in the world and somebody you kind of always have to respect. Uh, Rory, man, coming off a kind of a rough weekend, 76-76 at Bay Hill, um, you got to think that's going to leave a bad taste in a lot of mouths, man. Rory was very popular last week. Um, I think we'll see his ownership take a dip this week, especially with him being second on the salary scale. A little bit surprised by that. Um, but, but we do have some good course history in this event, obviously one here back in 2019. Um, he's got three career top tens at Sawgrass, uh, but he has missed a cut in two of his last three. Um, so there's some question marks surrounding Rory. Um, you might want to go back there. It might be a little bit of a contrarian option. I think, um, as far as, uh, the type of ownership he's going to garner this week versus last week. Um, one of our favorites, man, Colin Morikawa, uh, 
the dude is just playing out of his mind. The iron play, we know he he he's a generational talent when it comes to the irons. Um, you mentioned a ground around the green play. That's certainly his weakness. Uh, he's 96 and strokes gained around the green coming into this week. Um, we, we know the putter can come and go. Um, does have a debut under his belt. Uh, made his first player start last year. Had a T41, but a little tidbit AP. Had a final round 66 uh, last year in the players. So, you know, maybe maybe more Cal figured something out there in that final round last year. But kind of something to think about as he's coming in with really good form. Uh, JT, defending champ. We've never had a back-to-back players champion. So uh, JT's kind of trying to set a precedent this week. Uh, but if anyone can do it, it's him, man. Uh, you know, we've seen flashes this year. Uh, doesn't have a win yet. Has failed to put four rounds together, but he's played very well in spurts. Uh, he's got top eights in three of his four starts this year. Um, so JT's certainly capable of of coming out and defending his title this week. And then Vic Hovland. Uh, we love the kid. Uh, he's one of our favorites. He's playing phenomenal from tee to green. Uh, gained 10.6 strokes on approach over his last two combined starts. Um, and got a couple of top fives against elite fields. Um, so there's a lot to like with Vic. He didn't miss the cut last year in his first player. But I don't know how you get between these guys up here, AP. Give me your thoughts, man. Tell me who you're leaning. And and I think kind of a... You know, something we're going to have to talk about on this slate is making some really, really tough choices because there are so many good players available. Yeah. Um, I'll say one thing. Uh, John Rahm, we've, we've said it all the time that he, he feels like he plays terrible and he finishes eighth, 12th, 10th. You know, the floor seems like he's a top 10 guy every tournament now. Um, Rory. As much as I loved him last week, I don't necessarily dislike him this week, but I will say this. Uh, I, I can't get on board playing him at 10-8 uh, from the standpoint of the inconsistency. We're going to need we're gonna need some sure things up here. But the ownership is kind of intriguing, you know. Yeah, man, that's, be- that's, that's not to interrupt you, man, but I, I kind of think, you know, if, if you're ever going to give any mind to ownership, uh, this is the week to do that just because – there are no sure things. Uh, I feel there are no sure things in this tournament. Uh, and I relearned that lesson every single year, it feels like. But uh, I think if you are going to pay any attention to ownership, uh, our boy Eric Darbo from Sweet Spot DFS is probably fussing at me right now. But, uh, you know, if you are going to take the ownership angle, th- this is a week to do it, man, and, and to get contrarian just because this this course does create such volatility. I agree. I'll go down my top, my, my top here, though. I mean – well, I, he he ranks out of, the, out of these five guys. He ranks the worst uh, for me in my my model, and that's Colin Morikawa. But I mean, guys, I mean, if he makes anything at all this week, Joe, he's gonna win the tournament. That's just all there is to it. Um, JT, feel like he's played terrible this year, but now I went back and looked, and he's finished twentieth, eighth, and sixth in his last three outings. Uh, you know, so I'm. Not really ready right, to know if I'm ready to pull the trigger on him. His ownership is going to be, you know, pretty similar to Rom and Morikawa. So we just got to decide there. Another low ownership, honestly, uh, possibly, you know, around 10%, Victor Hovland. Uh, he ranks fourth in my model. Uh, kind of strange. Uh, you, those greens were a little bit softer on Sunday on the back nine. He wins that tournament by three shots, right? I mean, Donald Palmer. Yeah, I mean – he had a couple of loose shots, man. Couple, couple of loose shots. Um, 
struggled out of the bunkers uh, was kind of my big takeaway, which is something that he could get back into again this week, uh, you know, on this golf course. Um, I, I just think he's a really quality quality player, man. Um, the, this golf course is a little bit gimmicky, which kind of, I feel kind of mutes a little bit of his advantage and, and, you know, and how good he is with the driver. Um, there's a lot of less than driver holes on this course, but he's able to take advantage of the par fives. He's, he's excellent from tee to green. So, you know, anything can happen if he, if he's hitting greens and making a few putts, but you know, he is going to kind of struggle with it, which has always been the knock on Vic, you know, around the greens and out of the bunkers a little bit. Yeah, and I and I played around with with the with the pricing earlier today, and you know I think you can get some value guys in there with a couple of studs. So I wouldn't mind uh, pulling the trigger really on these bottom three in this this price range. Uh, I think those are going to be your three. You're getting a lot more value from those than you are the ones at the top. And I mean John Rom, the putter thing really kind of concerned me there that that little bit of media it got uh, this past weekend. Uh, moving on to the nine K range, Joe. Um, Spieth, Scheffler, Smith, uh, DeChambeau, who's withdrawn, so put that on your list. Matsuyama, Xander Shoffley, uh, DJ Cantlay. I mean, I don't, I don't know if we're ready to, ready to fire on DJ yet this year, but, uh, I mean, he's not played well here. He does not come at my model very good. He's 40th in my model. Uh, but, I mean, we're getting him – we're, we're probably going to get him under, under, <clears throat> under 8% owned, which is unheard of for him. Uh, and and I don't, I don't necessarily like him, Joe, but, I mean, uh, that's a contrarian play on this golf course in this range. So, uh, I, I hate saying it, but uh, from a contrarian standpoint point of view, I like DJ in the 9K range. Yeah, man. Uh, it's certainly very interesting. I mean, we're getting a high-quality player, um, you know, who, who definitely had his struggles to start his career on this golf course, but is – you know, really learned how to play it. I uh, had a T5 here a couple of years ago. Uh, made Ran off several consecutive made cuts. So, you know, he's he's figured TPC Sawgrass out um, as far as that goes. I just don't know where his game is at the moment, man. I was I was really encouraged uh, by the way he looked at Tory at the Farmers and then uh, missed really badly on him at, at Riviera, of course, where he's dominated throughout his career. He, he just didn't look good. Um, so he's, he's perhaps the most unreliable that we've seen him in a long time, Andrew, but I get what you're saying as far as, uh, trying to get some leverage there in this nine K range where I think a lot of these guys are going to be popular. Um, you know, you talk about Patrick Cantlay, the guys, guys been a machine this year, uh, multiple top fives already, um, had a really good chance to win in Phoenix, um, had a really good chance to win at Pebble beach. Um, but you know, he's doing a lot of it with the putter. Um, which is just kind of his game, man. He's he's lost strokes on on approach in three of his five starts this year, which is a tiny bit of a red flag for me. He's also missed his last couple of cuts uh, at the players, but he does have two top 25s prior to that. So, you know, he's he's certainly capable of playing this golf course well. Um, I, I just don't know that I'm all in with him being so close to, uh, you know, the, the guys that I feel are a little bit more elite above him. Um, Xander, we always love. Um, had a runner up here in his debut back in 2018, but has missed a couple cuts in his last two player starts. Um, he's just really solid, man. Um, very good in every aspect of the game. <clears throat> We've seen that translate well in the majors. Uh, and, and I think there's a strong chance it translates well here this week. Um, so I like Xander a lot. Um, Hideki Matsuyama, kind of an underrated course history play. 
Uh, we know what type of form he's he's shown over the course of this season. One back at the Zozo, uh, one at the Sony, and has and has looked solid, man. Really throughout twenty twenty two, and and this course sets up well for him. So I like Hideki. Uh, I, I think you can go back to Scotty Scheffler. Um, you know, one thing about his victory last week, it's probably gonna probably gonna knock people off him a little bit. Everybody's always reluctant to play guys coming off a win, but uh, we saw him follow up his win in Phoenix with a T seven at the Genesis. So I don't have any concerns about whether he'll be able to kind of be up for this event. Um, he missed the cut in his player's debut last year. So, you know, he's kind of got that learning curve, uh, which we see a lot of these, these guys need at TPC Sawgrass, but I think you can, you know, go right back to the Scotty Scheffler. Well, if you want to. Yeah, don't disagree. Um, with that, that take it all Joe with the Scotty Scheffler look, um, Moving on to the 8K range, uh, and it seems like well, I keep saying this every week, but uh, in the 8K range, Joe, there's so much win equity in this range this week. It's uh, This is strong. Lowry, Horschel, Scott, Adam Scott, Sun JM, Joaquin Neenham, Tony Finau, Brooks Kepka, Luis Usazen, Daniel Berger, Will Zalatoris. I mean, literally, I would not be surprised if any of those guys won. Shane Lowry, uh, seems to sneak up on when the going gets tough and, and plays well in tournaments. Horschel is a perfect golf course for him. Tita Green matters. Adam Scott, same thing. Sanjay M does everything pretty good. Joaquin Neenham, uh, if he can get the putter going. Same thing with Brooks and, and Tony. I know their games hadn't been exactly where we want them, where they want them yet, but uh, I could see either one of those guys. Um, Luis, solid. Daniel Berger, nearly won. Willie Z, nearly won this year. I like all these guys here, Joe. Uh, I want to say uh, probably like Lowry and Willie Z the most in this range. Uh, that's just me personally. I could see Berger getting hot, but uh, you can make a big number on this golf course. And uh, so uh, I'm gonna, so I'll stick with the two guys I pick: Willie Z, Shane Lowry in the AK range. I love. Yeah, I like I like those picks, AP, and and I like this range as a whole, man. It almost feels like you could just camp out in, in the eight Ks this week and make a lot of really good lineups. Just uh, you know, kind of building from from this range. Um, a lot of potential winners in here, uh, quality players, and and this kind of speaks to the strength of this week's field that that we're seeing these a lot of these guys in the eight K range, which which we rarely do. Um, Willie Z, I was I was huge on last week, man. Just fell apart on me on Sunday. Also had a had a bad round Friday, so you know that putter is still an issue, man. I, I feel like we're kind of beating a dead horse with it, but he's eventually going to have to make some putts if he's going to win a golf tournament. And we we just hadn't seen it yet. Lost strokes putting in every start this year. Um, that was a case again last week. Lost strokes putting in around the green. So we we love him from tee to green. Uh, I love him as a player, but. You know, you, you want to see some some positive uh, things happen on the greens, and that, that just hasn't happened yet. Um, just from a pure uh, guy that I feel is a good play, uh, if you're just on team play the best plays, I uh, really like Daniel Berger this week, man. I like the fit here. Um, I think he'll be motivated to bounce back from kind of that collapse at the Honda from a couple weeks ago. Um, that, that might hurt his ownership a little bit. Uh, I'm kind of hopeful it will anyway. Uh, that maybe we can grab him at, at decent ownership levels this week. But I really like his prospects, man. He's made five players cuts in a row with a couple top tens among those. Um, so I, I just really like the fit for Berger here. 
kept is interesting. <laughs> um, anytime you can catch this guy at 8,600, man, uh, you, you kind of got to give him a look. I, I normally just only play him in majors, but this is about as close as it gets to a major. Um, I, I don't know that the golf course is a tremendous fit for him, but we've seen a T11 and a T16 here uh, over the last few years from Brooks. Um, looked solid at the Honda, had the T16, played well in Phoenix. Um, so, you know, for the last couple of years, we've heard he's going to take these kind of regular events more seriously, but it seems like he actually is this year. Um, but I don't think he's going to go overlook, man. I don't think you're going to sneak up on anybody by playing Brooks here at 86. Um, you know, I think he's going to garner a fair amount of ownership, but you know, the, the upside is interesting at this price point. Uh, you mentioned Neiman, Sungjae, both very, very solid. Adam Scott uh, is maybe my favorite here at the bottom of the range. Uh, I don't, I don't know that there's a ton of win equity there, um, but but on a course that kind of produces volatility at a huge rate, he's been very, very consistent. Won this golf tournament 18 years ago, Andrew, and we're still talking about the guy. Um, and the reason we are is because he's been so, so good here has uh, four top 12s in his last five player starts. So it, it, it's kind of unbelievable just how good and consistent Adam Scott's been on this golf course. Um, just one other thing about Billy Horschel. Um, we, we saw seen him play really well. I'm not a huge Billy Horschel fan at all, um, but the, the irons have been good. Uh, normally when he's hot, it's it's all due to the putter, and the putter has been good, but, but the irons have been very, very solid. So, I mean, I think you can look at Billy Horschel, but – um, if you're playing FanDuel, man, I know we almost always focus on DraftKings, but Billy Horschel is extremely underpriced on FanDuel this week. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll be playing some over there and, and I'll be getting my Horschel exposure on FanDuel this week. Man, with the strategy. I like it, Joe. Like it. Um, you were talking about Adam Scott and how, let's be honest, this golf course is it like perfect for him. This is like Davis Love third style golf course. <laughs> I mean, Adam Scott, Tita Green, just guy hits it so good and so straight and it's perfect for the stadium course. Let's go on the seven K range. And like every week, too many names to mention tons of value here. I mean, I could see some winners coming out of this price range too, Joe. I will hit on a few guys that I've got green lighted. Um, I'll start out with, um, we got to talk about Chris Kirk, Joe. He's the guy that did the WD that caused you to send the email to DraftKings that changed the rule. Appreciate that. Chris Kirk, whenever he withdrew with one hole to go after making like a 17 on set, what did he make, like a 13 or 18 on 17 or something and withdrew, something like that. And and uh, Joe, Joe, he withdrew. We lost all – Joe lost all of his first 16 holes points. And and uh, and so Joe wrote, wrote an email to DraftKings, and they changed the rule about a month later. Appreciate that, buddy. Uh, so I got, I got to talk about him. I mean, his golf course sets up good for him, Joe, uh, hits it straight. Uh, I love it. Uh, I would say I would be hard up on Maverick McNeely, but we like to kind of, we've mentioned this before. We like to play him in this, in the, in the weaker field tournaments. He's really, uh, shines in those, it seems like, but I do still like him here. Uh, Russell Knox, I think he's a member here, Joe, and he's had some, some success here. I know. He's tough to stomach watching him putt sometimes, but I think he – I'm pretty sure he ranks number one this year in proximity on tour, uh, which is hard to believe since his results haven't <laughs> shown. Taylor Gooch had a chance to win this weekend. He's played well here before. Um, guy, I love Cameron Young. He, I'm starting to really, really like that guy. Uh, really, really, really like him. 
Uh, Corey Connors, 7,300. How many weeks is Corey Connors going to be in the 7,000s, Joe? We talk about him every week. Uh, my man Sergio, 7,400, has tons of success on this golf tournament, in this golf tournament. And um, then you get him the up, upper sevens. I mean, it's Sam Burns, uh, Terrell Hatton. How's he 7,800 in this tournament? Uh, Fitzpatrick. Webb Simpson's won here before. Answer strong. Home was played a good. Leishman's great. And of course, Jason Day's kind of all kinds of talent. But one thing when you're looking in the 7K range, uh, I would look for some grinders. And what I mean by that is somebody like uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick, Terrell Hatton, has played a lot of European events because uh, we haven't talked about this yet, but the weather forecast looks like 88% chance of rain on Thursday, 96% chance of rain on Friday. And I don't even remember on uh, maybe 70% on Saturday, and I think the high 56 on Sunday, no rain. There's a good chance this is going to go into Monday, going to be frustrating for a lot of players. I know they're still playing for $20 million, Joe, but uh, it's real easy for people to give up. And we want to look for some grinders. And this 7K range is where we need to be really, really studying them. So, Joe, why don't you take the 7K range? I had I, I had a lot of, lot of words right there, so why don't you uh, hit this range? Yeah, man, it's, it's hard not to say a lot of words uh about this range because there are, there are so many good players in here so many players that we that we are seeing uh at a drastic drastic discount uh compared to their normal dfs prices um so you know it's it's definitely worth going through um but because these are these are guys that we're kind of going to be leaning on this week um the first one that jumps out to me you mentioned it was matt fitzpatrick um had a t9 here last year this golf course suits him uh, not too long for him, which is kind of always something I want to evaluate when looking at him. Um, and, and the guy, the guy's got top tens in every PGA Tour event he's played this year, Andrew. Um, so the form is certainly there. I think the fit's uh, good enough, uh, especially at this seventy-seven hundred dollar price tag to, uh, you know, kind of give, as you say, the green light to Matt Fitzpatrick this week. Um, the guy that. You know, there's no love lost between me and Sergio Garcia, but the track record here is phenomenal. Um, so consistently good, very reminiscent of Adam Scott. And there's a lot of similarities in those guys as far as uh, just being excellent from tee to green, excellent ball strikers. Um, so, I mean, I think you can give Sergio a look, just just do the track record. Um, the bottom, man, the bottom of the sevens is stacked um just kind of start there with Corey connors who you mentioned had a had a top 10 in this event last year finally kind of came around after a sluggish start to the year came around last year last week at bay hill um so i think you can give Corey connors a look I, i'm with you man i love cameron young love 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 that guy um had a ton of exposure to him last week and and he played really well um had a triple on the last whole saturday which i think kind of hurt uh, maybe him coming out on Sunday, but really a young player that hung very, very tough at a has hung very tough at some really difficult golf courses. Bay Hill, Riviera, Torrey. We've seen him play well at all those. Um, TPC Sawgrass is a little bit more on the gimmicky side than those courses, I would say. So, And it is notoriously tough on first-timers. Um, so I'm maybe not as big on Cameron Young as I might otherwise be. Uh, just because this will be his first start on this golf course, but really love him as a player. I think you can toss him in GPPs uh, just because he is so explosive. Uh, Taylor Gooch has had a chance to win two two golf tournaments this year, Andrew. He struggled again in a final round uh, last week at, at Bay Hill, um, but, but I think at $7,200, you have to give a long, hard look to Taylor Gooch, especially in single-entry stuff and cash game stuff. 
Um, had a T5 on this golf course last year. We know he can handle, you know, difficult layouts. Um, so I think you have to give a ton of consideration to Taylor Gooch there at 7,200. 7, um, and then there's a little trio, uh, really four guys there at the 7K mark that I really like um, that, I'll, that I'll be playing pretty often this week. That's Tom Hoagie, Chris Kirk, um, Lanto Griffin, and Alexander Norrin. I'll be playing all of those guys. Uh, Tom Hoagie, man, fought back. I think he had like an opening around 78 or 9 last week and made the cut. Uh, kind of kept fighting. And uh, you mentioned grinders. So Hoagie's certainly got that grinder mentality. Showed it last week. Has a win on his uh, on his resume this year at Pebble. So uh, three straight made cuts in this event. So I think you can give Tom Hoagie a, a long, hard look there. And Chris Kirk. Oh, man, I don't know how many putts inside five feet that Chris Kirk uh, missed Sunday. It was pretty difficult to watch. I had him in all my big lineups. Um, still a great great outing, but, man, uh, you kind of wonder what might have been with Kirk. I missed a lot of shorties there Sunday, AP. But the course history here is very, very good. We know the form's great. Um, I expect it to be very popular, but, you know, I, I'm I'm not going to hesitate to just keep on firing away with Chris Kirk with how he's been playing and and Atlanto and Norin, I think, might be a chance to kind of get contrarian there uh, around some of these really popular guys. I think we're going to see ownership pull up a little bit. Um, Norin's got a couple of really good players' outings on his resume. He's missed the cut in his last two player starts, but um, he's kind of back on his game this year. We, we've seen some nice outings from him, so I think Alex Norin at 7K is a, a solid option. There's seven K range, a lot to take in, guys. Six uh, K range isn't going to be much better. A uh, lot, a lot of talent down here as well. Uh, I just will say this: When was the last time Bob Watson was in the six thousands, Joe? Uh, you get that? Uh, uh, ton, ton, really too many people to talk about down here. So um, I'm going to give the floor to you to attack this six K range, and I'll follow up, and we'll close out. Yeah, man. I, I think this is you're, you're getting down in the GPP territory down here. Um, one thing I will say, you mentioned like a player, like a Bubba Watson, like a Matthew Wolf, um, you know, not, not guys specifically that we necessarily want to play this week, but very, very quality players. Um, and because this field is so deep, that's what we, we're seeing down throughout the six K range. So, I mean, I think you can go down here. Um, you know, this, this salary scale kind of lends itself to balance bills because there's so many good players, you know, in the seven and eight Ks, but um, if you're trying to get contrarian, uh, which we talked about in this tournament, it, it is not a bad strategy to take um, because it is such a high variance event. I think you can certainly go down here and feel okay, you know, about the guys you're about the guys you're rostering. Um, I mean, you mentioned a couple. There's Bubba. Uh, we got Matt Wolf, who's not, you know, not on my radar this week. Um, just not in good form right now, and this isn't a great fit for him. I am a little interested in Mito Pereira. Um, you know, you can kind of feel like he's maybe underperformed a little bit this, this, this year in comparison to what he did last year, but you know, he's, he's had a pretty solid, uh, pretty solid start to the year. Nothing splashy, but you know, I think he's worth a look at 6,700. Um, same can be said of Sebastian Munoz there at the same price. He's a player that I like, um, Aaron Wise, uh, bounced back, played some pretty solid golf last week. Um, so, I, you know, he, he's the type of guy that I always want to give a look to, especially at this price tag. Uh, he goes a talented player, uh, and, and it just gets down into veterans. Bo Hostler is a guy that, you know, it's, it's kind of gross anytime you bring his name up, especially, you know, with all the options in this field, but, uh, he, he has put some 
forth some nice efforts this year. So uh, just a little shout out there to Bo Hostler. Uh Denny McCarthy's a guy I think maybe flying under the radar a little bit. Uh, made the cut in his last two players' starts. We know what type of putter he is when he gets hot. Um, so I think you can look at him on Bermuda. Um, and after that, you're kind of punting. Uh, Taylor Pender's a player that I like, but his his advantage is his length off the tee. That's kind of muted this week. And let's talk about your boy, man. Uh, before he went on the air last week, you said, I don't know what's going on, but Nick Watney's popping in my model. <laughs> and, and sure enough, he went out and had a great week, man. So uh, are you going back to Nick Watney at 6,200 AP? I'm not, I'm, I don't think I'm, I'll be looking anywhere to really be honest with you. I don't, I don't, I'm not favoring really much of anything. There's some guys that are popping in the model down here in the six K range. And I'll just throw those names out there, but I, I'm going to stay away from everybody down here. Really. Amito prayers, 29th in my model. Um, Aaron wise, 42nd. Um, Joseph Bramlett, 68th, uh, that, you know, had one 70th, Bo Hostler, 60th, Pat Perez, 39th, um, Peters, 51st, you know, but other, I'm not, I'm going to be staying away from this whole, this whole, this whole area. I think, I think there's enough value, uh, in the seven K and up, and you can find some really solid players that you can, I mean, I'm not saying you'd mortgage the house on Chris Kurt, but he's 7,300 Joe. So. Uh, I, I, I don't see drop, dropping down the 6K range when you're, if you're not going to play him. Uh, so figure out a way to get, get everybody in your lineup above 7,000 and go from there. Saying that, let's get on to the most exciting part of the show, um, the Heart and the Dart series. Uh, I'm going to go first this week, Joe. Go I'm ahead, throwing buddy. a dart, and I, I've, I've been anti this guy a lot uh, for whatever reason. But this week, I'm all in. Matthew Fitz, Fitzgerald. I mean, Matthew Fitzpatrick, but Matthew Fitzpatrick, uh, 70, was he 7,800? I think, uh, 77, 7,700. So Matthew Fitzpatrick, um, you know, there's no telling where his ownership is going to be. I'd say it's going to be decently high. There's a lot of people though in the seven K range. Uh, I wouldn't mind Terrell Hatton either, but those are my, I'm going to go with Fitzpatrick. As my dark yeah. play of the week. I, I really like it, man. I think he's a, I think it's maybe, uh, maybe underestimating him to consider him a dart. But I mean, I know where you're coming from. He's, he's priced in the 7K range. I'm not really considered one of the, you know, elite players in the world. So um, I really like him this week as well, man. I think that's a, that's a great call. Uh, for me, I'm going to go down the bottom of the 7Ks uh, and our boy. I mean, we, we just got to stick with him, right? Uh, he's done a lot for us over the last few weeks. Chris Kirk, uh, 7K. We know he's capable of playing this golf course well. We know the form's there. Uh, maybe he can make some putts at least for the first three rounds. <laughs> so uh, I, I'm going to stay on the wagon, man. We, we've been there. Uh, shout out to Taylor Gooch at 7,200, who's, who's maybe the best value uh, on this slate. But uh, my, my dart this week is Chris Kirk. Yeah, I love that. Love that. We've been talking about him for two years and he has not disappointed man we we, we like him a lot of weeks because you're getting a lot of value out of him and on these uh especially golf courses where ball striking is a, a premium and you know he can reach about every par five on the pj tour and two and if he can just make a few four footers uh um uh, you know we'll, we're expecting you know his ownership to be somewhere in the eight to twelve percent range and uh, it's probably pretty decent there fitzpatrick uh I'll, I'll go back on him a little bit you know his he, he could his ownership could spike all the way up to twenty percent. And if you're looking for somebody that 
maybe the rest of the field's not on. Terrell Hatton is definitely a good a good spinoff for that. Uh, where's your heart at this week, Joe? Man, so many guys I love, uh, just players that I love in in this in this golf tournament. Um, and you talk about Colin Morikawa, maybe my favorite player out there right now. Um, Victor Hovland's not far behind. Willie Z, uh, Scotty Scheffler, who who was uh, so good to me last week. Uh, but I'm I'm going out on a limb. I want to say first time in history we have a back to back players champion. Andrew, I'm going JT. JT Jay, is the hard play this week. I I don't I don't hate it. Uh, don't necessarily love it, but I don't hate it. I think I I picked him last year and he won. So you're picking him this year. I hope I'm pulling for you. My hard play of the week, man. I see. I've got to stay with Colin Montgomery. If he makes a putt, man, he wins this golf tournament easy. Uh, you know, hits it hits the ball straight. His only concern, I think, is sometimes he can get a little bit wiry with the driver, and we don't want to see that. But uh, love Colin Montgomery on this. On this track, Colin Morikawa. <laughs> I get tongue tied all of a sudden. Colin Morikawa on this uh, on this track this week, ten seven. Uh, he is probably going to be very popular though. That that is the downside uh, to playing him. Uh, everybody, yeah, I mean, uh, you you just gotta you gotta take your you gotta you gotta pick your guys and take your stands. Um, I, I think you can get it's easy to get carried away trying to trying to play everybody this week. So I mean, you know, ownership aside, if you you love Colin Morikawa, stick him in there, uh, make your choice and, and go with it. Um, but, but I think you can kind of get yourself in trouble uh, on a slate like this one by just trying to get exposure to everybody. Uh, that very rarely works. Uh, and if you miss, yeah, you're going to miss. But if you hit, uh, you're, you're going to give yourself some chances. I agree, Joe. Um, I think that about wraps us up for this week. I'm going to give a little shout out to uh, – Ryan Hall from uh, from uh, our home country club, Beaverbrook. Uh, he has a six-shot lead going in tomorrow at the uh, Palmetto Intercollegiate uh, hosted in Aiken, South Carolina. Team's got like a 10-shot lead. He's got a six-shot lead on the individual. Going to take down another title. Senior at the University of South Carolina from our home club. All-American, all-SEC, future PGA Tour player, Ryan Hall from Beaverbrook Country Club. Uh, Brooks got your back, Ryan. Uh, we love watching you play. Um, one last thing before we get off here, I uh, got a little contest on on the Twitter. I, if you go to my Twitter page at, at Andrew Putters, you can follow it, enter it. Um, and if you like what you heard, give us a like, give us a follow, share with your friends, hit us up on Twitter, hit us up uh, uh, over there on Rotoball. They got we got a Slack discussion group we get into. So, um, I appreciate everybody uh, listening with us tonight. Players Championship right around the right around the corner here. Um, thank you, Rotoballer.com, for everything you do for us. And you have listened to the Turner Fancy Golf Podcast. It's gonna drive.